office invaders podcast in your ear holes yet again the holiday season has kicked off uh we hope you enjoyed the uh the first of the holiday season movies we reviewed die hard that was uh last week's episode hope you guys enjoyed that we are recording this on a thursday night a little different for us december 2nd 2021 we hope you all are doing well and um yeah james and i are very very busy uh <laughs> on at the uh, the old day jobs we both have the same day job so it's kind of trust me we're 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 running around like chickens with our head cut cuts off but anyways uh, i'm your host jeremy jackson and with me as always is uh, our lovely co-host james ellison james what's up my friend what's up man we're in it we're going we're doing what we can <laughs> we are one step at a time one step at a time um this week's movie uh this is one of my all-time favorites so of course i'm gonna be a little biased uh is uh national lampoon's christmas vacation from 1989 it was released december 1st 1989 so almost uh what is that uh, i don't do math Anyways, a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, 32 years 32 ago. 32 years ago. Almost 32 years of the day. I'm, I'm 31 and I was born in 90. There you, so there you go. I cheated. There you go. You know what? It counts. It counts. Uh, this movie uh, had a budget of $25 million, So very similar to uh, Die Hard. Had a kind of a higher budget. But this was the third movie in the vacation uh, series for National Lampoons, and unfortunately, the last in the National Lampoons Vacation series. Uh, the sequel, Vegas Vacation, would just be called Vegas Vacation. It did not have the National Lampoons title. Um, and uh, so, anyway, it had a budget of $25 million uh, and actually did pretty well at the box office. Of course, we're getting into a little bit of that later on, uh, but it got $73.3 million. Um, directed by Jeremiah S. Uh, we, we were trying to pronounce his last name. Sorry, Jeremiah. Chekik? I'm guessing Chekik. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into Chekik. Yeah. Uh, we're doubling down on Chekik. Uh, it was written by the great late John Hughes. Um, man, he wrote so many good movies in the eighties and early nineties and beyond. Um, rest in peace, John Hughes. He was awesome. He actually wrote, he wrote the first vacation. He wrote, uh, European Vacation, and he wrote this one. So uh, it's definitely a John Hughes film, but it uh, stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and Randy Quaid, uh, among many others. But um, we will get into uh, the casting here in just a little bit. We just wanted to start to start that off at the top. But uh, James, are you ready to to dive in? I'm locked and loaded. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we begin the film. With a animated beginning, kind of different. Um, it, it reminds me of the beginning. This the the animated part reminds me of like some classic Looney Tunes, um, which is perfect for a John Hughes film. We see Santa. That's you know he's trying to get in the. I'm I'm guessing it's the Griswold household, but uh, he pops down the chimney and. <laughs> 
uh, you know, he goes through basically a fun house as he's going through the chimney. But um, anyway, we get past the animated start. What did you first of all? What did you think about the animated start? There, did you like it? Would you rather than just started with the Griswolds in the car, or what do you think? I I liked it personally. Uh, I I was actually laughing the whole time, <laughs> and in my notes I wrote, "Dude, if I was Santa, I would have just given up. Like they would have just not gotten anything for Christmas." Yeah, yeah, they're on the naughty list. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, but okay, so we 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 get past the animated beginning there, and then we start with the Griswolds in their car. They're on their way to get the family tree. Of course, I my notes I wrote to get the family. Okay, you gotta put tree after that, Jerry Jerry Bear. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Clark and Ellen, very much like um, in Vacation, the original one, they're singing. They 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 like to they like to do a cappella. Of course, Beverly D'Angelo really can sing. Like she's really she's got a really pretty voice, and uh, they're singing Christmas carols, much to the annoyance of uh, the kids, Rusty and Audrey. And um, so the family's driving along. The family get into a little trouble when they're bothered by a couple of guys in a looks like a some kind of pickup truck. And at first they pass Clark up because Clark is not driving very fast. Uh, and then when they when they pass them up, they, they're kind of. By the way, guys, this is going to have some might have a little bit of language in it. Just just so you know, warning, warning, you've been warned. Um, I think they were kind of being assholes, to be frank, when they passed up Clark, and then they slammed on their brakes. Um, uh, Clark then passes them back. Cause he, you know, he gets a little mad and what, what does Rusty say? Uh, he's now Clark says, um, gosh, I'm going to be so bad about quoting this movie. He says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, they're going to eat, eat my, uh, eat my dust or something like that. And Clark's like, or Rusty's <laughs> like, uh, you mean, I forget what they said. Dad gone. I messed it up. I think he said he's, I don't remember what he says, but he like misquotes the phrase. <laughs> Yes, he does. He misquotes it. Anyway, he passes them back, but he starts going slow again. They're going so slow that they can't pass by the truck and the semi-truck. <laughs> uh, Clark decides to pass the truck up again, not seeing the semi-truck. Uh, the semi-truck's in the next lane over, I guess. And he goes underneath the trailer, which, uh, wow. I don't know that you could do that in real life, but... It's, I mean, the guy's hauling, haul, looks like he's hauling um, trees. I believe it was logs. Yeah, right? logs, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's, they, they, he, they're underneath the truck. <laughs> I mean, you have to be going at the perfect speed or else, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, that truck, the it's just going to run right over top of you, right? He takes a leap of faith, though, and pulls the car out, makes a quick, hard right, pulling the car out from underneath the trailer. And they fly over a snowbank <laughs> and right into the uh, the tree lot <laughs> that they were going to. It, it's very reminiscent to um, the first vacation where Clark falls asleep while they're driving, and they they <laughs> they somehow don't kill everybody in themselves. They wind up at a motel. Then they wait. Oh wait, he wakes up finally, and they're like, "Up, oh, we're here." You know, <laughs> very similar. Um, <clears throat> I looked up that quote because I yes, thank it you. was killing me too. Yes, I could not uh, He that. says, "Eat my rubber." Yeah, and he <clears throat> and Russ goes, "Dad, I think you mean burn rubber and eat my." Yes, dust. thank you. Gosh, <laughs> guys, I want to apologize right now. I am so sorry. I love this movie dearly, but I cannot remember all the lines from it. 
I guess that means I'm not. I'm going to keep this page up. It's uh, someone wrote an article. Oh God! And it's like 100 top quotes I, or something. I did. So I'm just going to keep it up in the background for us. Beautiful. <laughs> I did. I did write some of them down. I didn't write that one down though. Um. So <laughs> they're not actually there to get a tree in the lot. Uh, they did. Clark decides to take the family out into the woods, away from the lot, to find a tree that he's going to cut down there, right? And they're going to take back to the house. They're walking for what seems like forever. You know, there's there's probably a good, what do you say, six, seven inches of snow on the ground, it looks like? Yeah, probably like shin to knee-high snow. Yeah. Uh, all, of, all of them are freezing, <laughs> except for Clark. Clark's <laughs> like he's on a mission. Yeah. Uh, he's fueled uh, by rage and excitement. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, they, he finally finds the tree, and uh, but he didn't bring a saw, so no. somehow or another they get this big ass tree out of the ground. <laughs> I'm, I, I, roots and all. Roots and all. I'm not sure how how he did it, but it, damn it, he did it. They put the, they throw the tree on the on on top of the car, and the tree looks like it's weighing down the car, like it looks like it's just gonna break the axles any second. Uh, How big do you think that tree was? Golly, like 15, dude, 20 feet? At least. That thing was massive. I mean, it was, I mean, it was every bit of probably at least 12 feet. You got to think, my, I got my tree in my living room. It's seven feet. My my ceiling yeah. is eight foot, and it's almost to the ceiling. So, I mean, it's probably a good foot. But anyways, yeah, it's when they get the tree in the house... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like it the half the the top half of the tree is like overlapping. <laughs> it's 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 massive. Uh, but anyways, the, the the Griswolds get home. We meet their neighbors who are pricks. They're they're kind of snobby. Do they ever have names? I don't actually think they have names. We never. I don't think they need names. They don't need names. We just call them the snobby neighbors. <laughs> But uh, the, uh, the the guy he says, "Where are you gonna Where are you gonna put a tree that big?" Clark says, "Bend over and I'll show you." He says, oh he says you, have a lot, you have a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. He's like, I wasn't talking to you, referring to his, uh, I guess, I don't, I, I guess it's his girlfriend. I don't think they're actually married. Yeah, it's hard to tell because definitely at first I feel like they're, they, they may have been married, but I, I don't, I don't think they are. No, I don't think they are either. But, uh, yeah, so they, <laughs> um, they get the tree in, you know, the, he cuts. He 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 had to tie it up to get it in the house. He had to tie the branches <laughs> up to get it in the house, and so he cuts he cuts the rope off, and the branches come out and bust through a couple of windows, uh, which is the first of many problems that they're going to have here. Um, <laughs> later on that night, uh, Clark and Ellen are in bed. They start talking about um, her parents are coming to Christmas too. And Alan's concerned that it's going to be too much. And Clark kind of assures her saying, no, 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 no. I want this family Christmas. We're going to have it. Everybody's going to be here. And, um, what, what did you, what did you think about this whole opening here? Well, it, it reminded me of like growing up and we would have like both, um, like both sides of the family at my grandparents' house mm-hmm. and just like how chaotic and overwhelming that was. Right. Um, that's, that's kind of how it felt watching. Like I had a little bit of anxiety in the beginning there. Yeah. No. But as the jokes start cracking, you know, you loosen up a little bit and you're like, Oh yeah, this is a, this is, 
this is a comedy. <laughs> right. You know, oftentimes I like to think that um, I'm a people person, but then sometimes mm-hmm. when, I, when I, you know, when family comes over to the house, I just want to go hide, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can feel that. Yeah. And I, I have, I, I, I just, I just want to, I'm like, I turn into a hermit. I just want to hide. But so yeah, I, I, I get, I understand where you're coming from, but um, yeah. So we then go to Clark's work. And Clark is told by a coworker that he's heard he might be up for an award. Um, he asks what uh, Clark is going to do with that big bonus. Uh, Clark tells him that he's going to that he put a seventy five hundred dollar deposit uh, down on an in ground pool. He's hoping the bonus will cover it. So he uses this bonus check that they get every year as part of his salary, right? So mm-hmm. he's really really hoping that he gets he gets what they got last year or maybe a little more. And uh, we'll find out about that later, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that typical, like, Midwestern mentality? Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure you know uh, people like this as well, but I know people who who bill in their overtime as part of their income, and I'm like, you can't do that, man. No. Like, <laughs> You're going to get yourself <laughs> so, like, in big trouble. <clears throat> yeah, and, and that's kind of what I thought of um, watch, watching – not only that scene, but a lot of this movie just it's set in like what Illinois, Illinois. So it's definitely drawing off of that like Midwest type of uh, suburban family household. So like the whole time I was just like, this kind of feels awkwardly comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely I, like I I feel this movie <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, it's definitely very Midwestern for sure. Um, and right now, kids, I'm telling you guys, those of you that uh, are including your uh, overtime, don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Um, anyways, uh, we, we finally meet Clark's boss, uh, Bill Shirley, and he tells him that he wants Clark to write up a report about uh, Clark's cer- cereal varnish. Because Clark works in, um, he does something with cereal. Um I forget what he says, but anyways, um, and uh, Mr. Shirley has a bunch of uh, goons, I like to call them, walking behind him that are <laughs> corporate yeah. assholes. And uh, <laughs> as they're walking past, he goes, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss his ass, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I freaking love it. In my notes, I wrote, I hate corporate. Like, when I saw that scene, I was like, God, I hate that. <laughs> I, I like... Um, he says, uh, Clark says, Mr. Shirley, I, I, me and my family were very, very glad that, um, very happy that you sent it. You thought of us to send, send a card, a Christmas card. And he kind of looks at his guy, the guy standing behind him and he's like, it's a corporate card, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, I didn't ask you to send that. Um, but anyway, it's shopping time, right? We're going shopping. So, That's right. uh, yeah, we see Clark, he is in, I, I'm guessing it's like a JC Penny Macy's type store. Yeah. It felt like a Macy's to me. Yeah. Something like that. And we meet Mary, uh, the very attractive store clerk at, uh, whatever mall <laughs> they're in. <laughs> Clark is, uh, overwhelmed when he, when he realizes who's standing in front of him and, uh, starts kind of, of, uh, saying the wrong words. I I was just browsing, browsing. (laughs) Uh, uh, there is a chill in the air, isn't there? It is a bit nipply in here, isn't it? Did I say nipple? Uh, and and he says, tis the season to be merry. 
Well, that's well, that's my name. No shit. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Russ uh, has been. I'm. I'm guessing because when I was a kid, you know, my mom and dad would be like, "Yeah, you know, meet back here in an hour or something," and then they let me go peruse the mall or whatever. I'm guessing that's what happened with Rusty. He meets. He finds Clark and walks up to him, and uh, she's showing him. Um, the, the underwear line you can't see it you can't see the line uh, huh Russ <laughs> he's like nope and, uh, <laughs> I love that and he, he like double takes because he's like oh shit busted <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah so we ride back to the Griswold home and it's that time dun, dun, dun. the doorbell rings and I like how the doorbell rings it, it it's kind of this ominous ding and it just keeps getting lower and lower, you know? Yeah. And that, that's how, honestly, that's how I feel too. When my family comes over, like, not that I, <laughs> I don't like them or I hate them or anything like that. It's just like, Oh God, they're here. <laughs> you know, it's overwhelming. It is. Man. It's a little bit it. overwhelming. Yeah. And that's, that's what this, this scene in particular kind of, um, definitely says, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no one knows how to push your buttons better than people that re- grew up around you for 20, 30 plus years. 100%. <laughs> um, the greetings are, I wrote my notes, dot, 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 something special. Um, the, the the parents come in and they're all talking. Well, first, before they even open the door, they're out, The the you know, Clark's parents and Ellen's parents are outside arguing, like flat out arguing <laughs> before they even walk in the house. And... Um, they walk in. They're happy to see everybody. And <laughs> Clark's Clark's mom uh, walks up to Rusty and says, "I got this real painful painful burr on my uh, on my heel, and if you rub it, I'll give you a whole quarter." <laughs> <laughs> and Rusty's like, "A whole quarter, yay!" <laughs> but uh, they all um, they all kind of settle down, uh, and uh, Clark's Clark tells Ellen, "Well." I'll be outside parking cars for a season. <laughs> um, but once settled in, Clark starts out on the outside lights. And uh, he tells Rusty, if I'm committed, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to do it big. And boy, does he do it big. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, James, have you ever under- undertaken anything quite as quite as uh, daunting as uh, Clark's lights? No, the the most I remember doing growing up, um, my grandparents' house, we would do Christmas decorations in the uh, in the front yard there. Yeah, and we would hang those like icicle lights off of the gutter, and then she bought my grandmother bought um, a couple of those inflatable like snowman and Santa and you know stuff like that. So it was like super easy. The hardest part was putting the lights up and that was it. Mm-hmm. So when I saw him like on the roof, I was like, Nope, never would do that. No, <laughs> no, especially that roof, that roof. That's a, I mean, it's a, um, that's a two story home. So the, the roof is slanted, um, yeah. at the top. Like my, I live in a ranch style home and, um, the roof is, it's not flat, but it's not slanted like that. I still wouldn't get on the roof, (laughs) but I'm terrified of heights. So, um, but I did do for the, for you guys' information, in case anybody cares, I did do my own lights this year. I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm good. I conquered my fears. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) 
but it's not off to a good start. Uh, Clark uh, thought the ladder was secure. It wasn't, and the ladder came completely down with him on it. Um, luckily, <laughs> he comes down and kind of looks around like, okay, did anybody see that? No, okay, all right, good. And um, we pan back into the to inside. The grandparents are already... <laughs> the both both uh, Ellen's dad and Clark's dad are snoring, and mm-hmm. and the the mom the grandmas are putting a, together a, a gingerbread house. It's classic fa- classic Midwest family. You guys, if you're from the 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 West Coast or whatever, this is the classic Midwest family. Mm-hmm. Um, we we pan back out to Clark, and he's using a staple gun for lights. Oof, not a good idea. I, I've never tried a staple gun for lights. Have you? No. And it's funny that you say that it was a, uh, not a good idea because a part of me was like, oh, that'd be so much quicker. <laughs> it would be. But if you hit that wire, your lights are screwed. True. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Your lights are not going to work. <laughs> or in his case, your, your own sleeve. Right. Your sleeve. Yeah. He staples his sleeve, rips it off. And falls again. <laughs> this time yeah. into some bushes. Into a tree, yeah. Or yeah, I think it was some bushes. Is that the part where he like tilts the ladder and he like goes against the tree? Oh yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, he, yeah. he tilts yeah. the ladder, falls into the tree, and then pushes back up against the house. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, the family stress is already apparent in the house. Um, <laughs> people arguing, blah blah blah. It's it's not off to a good thing. This is the part where. Uh, you know, Ellen and Audrey are in the kitchen and she's chopping up some, some, they're getting dinner ready or whatever. She's chopping up a carrot or a head of lettuce or something. And, uh, uh, she starts telling, uh, Audrey that they're all in misery and, you know, they just have to deal with it pretty much. And she, she lights up a cigarette and, uh, her mom, Ellen's mom immediately goes, Ellen, are you smoking again? <laughs> no. <laughs> Like they're just, they're already at their wits end and it just started. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't even spent uh, a whole evening together. No, no. Yeah. And it's, and now it's dark. It's dark and Clark is still working on the roof. Like he's still out on, on the, in the, on the house. So he's up top and, uh, he's on the roof and he slips off and I mean, belly first <laughs> down the slope of his, of his roof. And, uh, he, he catches himself on the gutter. Luckily, and uh, that gutter comes apart at the end of the house, and this big chunk of ice flies into the neighbor's window, breaking it and their stereo. Uh, and I, I, I wrote this quote down. Uh, the snobby neighbors come home, and they, uh, the guy says, well, something had to break the window. Something had to hit the stereo. And then she says, why is the carpet all wet, Todd? Uh, Todd's his name. Mar- I don't know Margo. So it's Todd and Margo. God, what did I think of this? Uh, uh, well, at least we got to it through your quotes. Yes. <laughs> I apologize about that, guys. That's too funny. Yeah. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Just, just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. You know, they're kind of they're kind of airheads for like what what they are. You know, like they they're supposed to resemble this like rich, right. successful type of couple, but they're kind of stupid. They are. They truly are. Clark works in downtown Chicago. Like he, he, he works in Chicago. Um, and, um, I, I get the vibe. Like we, we talk about the, the Griswolds being your typical all American family, your Midwestern family. Mm-hmm. Well, they're the, just the opposite to me. They're the, um, 
they seem like they'd be better off in California or something like that. Yeah. You know, no offense to our, our listeners in California, but um, this they seem like they'd be better off in L.A., hoity-toity, you know, L.A. Yeah, they, they, they do seem um, misplaced. Very much so. And that's what, almost like they're they've been transplanted. Like maybe they took a job, right? And, you know, because the, even the inside decor of their home doesn't look like like the inside of the Griswold's home. No, it's very it's very modern for the time. Anyways, it's yeah. very yeah. um yeah. It doesn't look it doesn't look comfortable. It looks like a museum. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they both realize they both kind of stop and stare at each other, and they realize, oh, it had to be it had to be the Griswolds. Had to be Clark. Um, but, uh, Clark finishes the lights finally, uh, and has the family come out for the reveal. Uh, <laughs> he asks for a drum roll and, uh, um, plugs it in. <laughs> yeah. He plugs it in <laughs> and nothing. Uh, <laughs> this part's, <laughs> uh, Ellen's parents laugh at Clark's failure and, and, uh, they, the mom, the mom goes, uh, the grandma goes, I hope you kids see, see what a waste of resources this was. And Audrey says, uh, well, he worked really hard in it, Grandma. And uh, and Grandpa goes, so do washing machines. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, man. Uh, Just stone cold. (laughs) Stone cold. Uh, Clark's parents, Clark Sr., and I don't don't remember the mom's name. Um, The kids and Ellen try to make Clark feel better. And uh, just saying, you know, oh, man, if it were lit up, it would be beautiful. I could just see it see it in my mind's eye and you know audrey doing the sweet daughter thing my daughter does this sometimes makes me feel better you know you know it looks you know you did it you did a good job even if the lights aren't lit <laughs> you know mm-hmm. just try to make him cheer, cheer him up a little bit and then um right um he he he's talking to rusty and he's like man we 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 looked at every we looked at every bulb didn't we he was like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure we did. And he's like, well, what if we get back on the rest? He's like, no, no, you know, I got, I got the, I got I homework, go I got homework, I got, to, brush my right, teeth. I got homework to do, <laughs> you know, he starts just spewing on about different things he has to do. And then, you know, Alan's like, uh, don't stay up too late. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, every, you know, we, we pan, we pan, uh, we pan over to the family. They're all sleeping except for the grandpa's uh clark senior's looking at a uh i'm guessing one of audrey's uh magazines it's called sassy magazine and then uh <laughs> and then uh ellen's dad is i'm guessing sleeping in rusty's room and looking straight up rusty had a uh, poster of a model up on his <laughs> the ceiling he's just staring at it smiling <laughs> that's funny and uh mean all the while clark is out working late into the night uh on figuring out uh, what's going on with the lights but uh yeah i i uh tr- i sunday this past sunday i was putting up my lights and uh couldn't imagine being up there well into the night could you absolutely not <laughs> there's there's no way i would be up like one i feel like i would slip and die right <laughs> so as soon as the sun goes down i go down <laughs> right exactly yeah no there's no way and uh but you know what? That's 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 Clark Griswold. I mean, if you if you if you guys have seen the vacation movies, you know, you know when he when he goes all out, he goes all out. And um, so we get to the next morning. Clark has a bag of gifts he's trying to hide in the attic. And when he pulls down the ladder door, the attic door, the ladder hits him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh very cartoony uh, but funny uh yeah. i wrote ouch <laughs> um yeah so he's up there he, he's hiding the gifts and uh ellen's mother comes out of the bedroom i guess she's dressed for the day and uh she notices a draft in the house she's like oh it's cold in here and she goes to find the source and she sees that uh the la- the attic ladder's down and Clark is still up in the attic. She doesn't know that, but she pushes the ladder back up, which traps Clark in the attic. <laughs> and uh, I'm confused on how it locked like that. Like, wouldn't it not lock? Well, um, I get I'm the, it doesn't lock. What it is, is the, the door is really, really heavy because it's got that ladder and it also it's, it's spring loaded. So, yeah. but you can't push it from the, from up in the attic. It has to be pushed from, you have to pull it because that's what that, ah, the springs come just down. Just the way the mechanics are. Yeah, it's just the way the mechanics are. Yeah. So he's trapped up there. There's no insulation up there, so it's freezing up there. And um, he tries to Clark tries to get out but can't. And uh, the family is um, – they had all planned to leave for shopping. And I said, thanks to Ellen's dad, they leave without Clark. And he said uh, – <laughs> Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go in and see if Clark's ready to go. He's like, ah, he's got another car. He can drive. He's like, I got to eat. I got to take my back pills. <laughs> and uh, like, Did they not eat breakfast at home? Like, what's going I, on I guess here? they did. I just feel like there's every excuse that they could find to like, just like be rude. They take it. Yeah, but you got to think too. This is Clark, Ellen, Audrey, Rusty, and the grandparents. So I mean, there's eight people in the house. Oh, for sure. And probably only a couple of bathrooms. Probably only one full bathroom to get ready. So I mean it it takes some time and they probably didn't have they probably got up a little later and but anyways um <laughs> Clark is trying to walk over to a trunk that has some uh some old bathrobes and stuff like that in it so he can throw on to keep himself warm but as he's doing that he nearly knocks himself out because of the the wood beams and he hits the end of them they pop up and <laughs> smack him in the face as he's going along and uh, he gets over no he's going over the attic window first uh, to try and yell at him. He does do the window. Yeah. yeah. But it's too late. They, they, they're driving away. So he makes the best of things. He, there's an old projector up there. Because I'm guessing they don't have a basement. There's no basement, which is kind of odd to me for Midwestern home. But, yeah. Because most Midwestern home has, and they have basements. Anyways, everything's stored up in the attic regardless. And he makes the best of things. Find this old projector. And he's watching old movies of Christmas past, you know, Christmas has passed with his family. He's getting emotional, and uh, the whole time he's sitting there, he doesn't realize he's sitting on on the attic door. And <laughs> the family comes home, and Ellen pulls the attic door, which causes Clark to fall. Uh, that was that would be a rough rough fall. Uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> two people get hurt now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ellen was standing right there, because so surely he had to land right into her. Plus, the projector was sitting on there because the projector fell down with him. I mean that thing. They, that thing can't be light. But uh, no, I have one of those old school projectors. Um, it 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 might be a little older than the one that they were using, but that thing is it's a decor piece. I don't use it. It's heavy. It's like it's made of like cast iron. Oh, dude, yeah. So yeah. you got to think. I mean, that thing had to hurt. But regardless, mm-hmm. he made it down. Uh, he's back. <laughs> He's back. He's back in back inside. But uh, we we pan to the snob neighbors uh, who just got back from a run. And I wrote, apparently they wear official NASA gear while they're jogging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sauna suits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those were 
cliche <laughs> 80 suits, jogging suits. Yeah. When in doubt, sweat it out, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and they talk about, uh, it, Todd, Todd talks about um, getting it on with Margo there. And she's like, after you shower, of course. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're fish out of water, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that later on that night, Clark still is trying to figure out the lights. And Ellen comes out to see what's going on with them and say, you know, why are you avoiding the family? He talks about, you know, he's not avoiding anything. He's just trying to figure out what's going on. Nothing outside's working. The house light, I, I put the house lights don't work. The floodlights don't work. And first thing she asks him, is it plugged in? <laughs> now, let me tell you, that's a question I get every time I'm stumped on something and I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh, is it plugged in? I think that's every, that's, that's a question every man gets first. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you're a gamer, it's, did you try and restart did it? Did you try and reset it? Yeah. <laughs> did you reset it? And, uh, <laughs> she, she kind of looks at it. He's like, he's like, you, you, you not think I would have done all this and not thought to plug it in. She kind of looks at him like, mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, Clark decides to go around. He's like, well, maybe the kids have been fooling around with it. So he walks around the back Meanwhile, Clark's mom, she goes out to the garage. I guess they, they got a refrigerator out in the garage, and she's getting something out of the fridge out there, and she flips on the garage light. Well, when she does that, everything turns on. All the lights turn on, the floodlights turn on, everything turns on. Uh, <laughs> the neighbors are starting to get a little freaky. They start, they, 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 um, they cheers to each other. They cheer to each other with some wine, and they start kissing, and uh, the lights come on. It completely blinds them. <laughs> they drop their wine, and they're trying to they're trying to find their way around. Uh, meanwhile, Clark comes around, comes back around, but his his mom has already turned off the garage lights. So everything shut back off. Uh, Ellen decides to go in to see what happened because she's standing out front and sees it. She tries to call. She's calling Clark back to the front, and then when he comes back around, the lights are already turned off, so he didn't even see it. Um, meanwhile, the neighbors, the lights go off, they fall over and knock a bunch of stuff over, uh, all because they're blind. They can't see anything now. It's that bright. And, uh, he comes back around. He, okay. So he goes back, he comes back around front. He's thinking everything's fixed. Right. And, uh, he, he, he goes to try and plug it in at the same time. He's plugging the lights. Ellen, she realizes what's going on. She realizes that, that, switch controls all that stuff so she goes back in and flips on the garage light and clark is amazed he calls everybody out and uh as as the family's coming out she flips the light back off shutting everything off again <laughs> it's just a back and forth man uh yeah. and then the family's coming out and they're like what is this like okay what's going on clark's kidding at this point he's furious and he starts just <laughs> destroying his uh, decor there. He starts beating up the, the Santa and the reindeer. And uh, that's when Ellen finally figures it out. I, I, I jumped ahead of myself. Ellen finally figures it out that that was the garage light. So she goes, she goes back in and flips it on. And everybody finally sees it. Everybody's celebrating, except for the neighbors. They're, uh, Todd fell down the stairs, giving himself kind of a concussion. <laughs> And uh, Margo's complaining about her carpet. <laughs> so what do you think about this whole scene? I think that we all can relate to Clark when he when he completely loses his <laughs> shit. Um, 
I've, I haven't been there in a while, but I remember growing up, if I was working on something tedious, trying to put something together and can't figure it out or like just screw something up. It's like, oh, you just like break whatever, you know, whatever progress you just yes. worked on. So I completely understand and like felt his frustration. Oh my God. But can we talk about the, the, uh, <laughs> the outlet? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> like, that's a fire hazard. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't guys. When I saw that. So I've seen this movie before. This is, this is probably like my second time watching it. Oh wow. But <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh wow. I mean, is everything in the house plugged into that freaking outlet? Like, jeez, right. Louise. Like, and then I'm like, I'm thinking, like, well, man, I hate to see behind their entertainment center. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yes, I thought that same thing. Like, wow, that is a fire hazard if I've ever seen one. Yeah. But as many lights as he's got plugged in, he said that he's got on the house. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. But then again, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> the fuse didn't, but like, trip because so in my basement, um, I have like my computer and like all this podcast here on uh, one wall, mm. but then um, my like movie theater section. I say movie theater, but it's just a TV and a Blu-ray player. Chill out, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like my 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 mute my movie area is on a completely different like circuit because I don't want to have all this power surge running off of the same um, circuit. <clears throat> So I'm surprised that he didn't like trip, trip the circuit. I mean, they did trip the city. That That's that, I was just gonna say. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because they tripped the whole city. Yeah, I forgot about that now that I'm talking. They got to yeah. turn the the, <laughs> the nuclear fusion on to power the rest oh of the city. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, they're celebrating. He's going down the line of the family and and saying, you know, how much he cares about them. That they're glad they're here and gives his kids big big hugs and everything. And he gets to uh, Eddie, and uh, we meet cousin Eddie's back. Uh, he cousin Eddie was he was introduced in the original vaca- National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, so he's back with his wife Catherine and a couple of their kids, not all of them. And uh, Clark's confused. He's like, Eddie? Eddie? Like, he never thought that Eddie would be there for anything. He never wanted him there. Um, <laughs> Captain said, we were going to call, but uh, but uh, we didn't want to impose. Uh, but they were wondering if they could stay for a bit. And uh, Ellen says, you know, I have plenty of room. You know, which they do. Not. They do not. And Eddie's <laughs> like, well, you know, Catherine and I are pretty comfortable in the RV, but uh, I was hoping the kids could shack up with you. And so he says, says to Catherine, don't forget the rubber sheets and the gerbils. <laughs> like, what? What do you guys do? Uh, oh, my goodness. And we also meet. They, they also brought their dog Snots, who is a uh, Rottweiler. He's a Rottweiler. That has a um, like a like some kind of condition with with his sinuses and snots everywhere all the time. That's why I call him snots. So, <laughs> oh boy, uh, Clark and Eddie are settling in and talking in the living room a little while later. And uh, Clark says, "Can I get something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead?" <laughs> uh, Eddie explains that uh, he let a friend take his house and he borrowed his friend's RV. Makes total sense, right? 
Um, (laughs) He tells tells Clark not to fall in love with it, though, because he'll be taking it with them when they leave next month. (laughs) Next month? (laughs) Clark is immediately surprised, kind of half spits out his eggnog and chokes on it. Yeah. Um, And... The next day we get to Clark's work where we see Mr. Shirley again and Clark is telling him that they, they got his they they got him a gift. Uh Mr. Shirley says, Just put it over there with the rest of them. There's a whole like table full of gifts. They're all shaped the same. They're all shaped the exact same. I wanna know what was in that gift. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's killing me. Crystal stemware? I don't know. Uh <laughs> Mr. Shirley says, Give me somebody. Anybody. Get me somebody while I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, fun fact, guys, that uh, is that Brian Brian Doyle Murray, which is uh, Bill Murray's older brother. So, in case you didn't know that, oh, yes, they look just like each other. Like, yeah, they really do. Actually, now that you say that. And another fun fact: um, uh, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray do not like each other in real life. They they once got in a fight on the set of uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah. There you go. Fun fact. Um, so we, the next day we arrived, the next, I think it was that night, we arrived at a ski slope where we've got Clark, Rusty, Audrey, <sighs> Eddie, and his kids, and they're there to uh, basically go sledding down the, down the, down the slope. They've got, their, they've got their own little sleds, and uh, <clears throat> Clark is taking a new, like, product that, uh, from his work. It's like, a var- it's like some kind of varnish, and he's polishing it on the bottom of these sleds. It's supposed to make them go down the hill a little faster. And um, Eddie tells Clark not to not to put any on his. He explains that when uh, Catherine turns on the microwave, he'd piss himself and forget who he was for a couple of hours, (laughs) 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 and that he didn't want to mess up his metal plate that he got from the military, which runs underneath his part and and his hair. And Clark's like, "Okay, Ed, (laughs) okay." So (laughs) Clark decides he's gonna go first, and uh, he takes off and. I mean, warp speeds down this hill. Uh, <laughs> he's crashing through several different things, spinning around. He finally winds up on the road where he's probably, he's keeping up with traffic there for a second when he first hits the pavement yeah. and winds up in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't seen a Walmart like storefront look like that in God, 15 years. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, because um, now they're all super centers. Yep. Also, I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought he was going back to 1955. <laughs> I was going to go see younger Marty. <laughs> yeah, I think he got up to 88 miles an hour on the slow for sure. It's <laughs> for so sure. funny. Like, it's very cartoonish, but it's so funny how that that sled takes off. He's like, one, <laughs> two, gone. <laughs> like, he's yeah. gone, dude. Zero to yeah, 60. That was so funny. Jeez, uh, oh, peeps. Um, <laughs> so now it's December 21st, and it's the last day of the year at work for Clark. Must be freaking nice. God bless. Uh, anyway, those of you that are able to take off for the holiday and New Year, I envy you. I truly envy you. Um, Same. <laughs> he asks his coworker Bill if he's got his bonus check yet, and Bill tells Clark that something arrived at their house, but uh, he didn't know what it was. And Bill asks Clark if he got his. Clark says he hasn't, and tells him that uh, you know if I don't get that bonus check, uh, I'm in deep because you know he's told Bill about the deposit he put down. Again, kids. Don't spend money you don't actually have. Um, back at the Griswolds, Clark is up late, but this time he's daydreaming out of his window uh, of the pool uh, that uh, he hopes to put in his backyard. And not only of the pool, but who else, James? Who else is he daydreaming of? 
Mary makes her guest appearance Ooh, in his little daydream. Baby, does she mm. ever? Mm. <laughs> uh, and I was dying in this part. <laughs> I seriously, I don't think I stopped to breathe. I was laughing. So yes, hard. <laughs> yeah. She's she's doing a slow strip tease on the uh, on the die on the diving board, and he's just man, he's just eating it up. You know, he's sitting there just drooling at her, and she gets all the way naked. Of course, we don't see her naked, but she jumps in. Or she throws us her swimsuit at the window. <laughs> you actually see it hit the window, <laughs> yes. which is funny. Yes. And uh, just as she's jumping out, she jumps in the pool after that. And just as she's getting up out of the pool before we see her hands, uh, <laughs> he's brought back to reality by Eddie's daughter, uh, who calls out Santa, thinking that Clark's Santa. And uh, <laughs> he calms down for a minute and they, they sit down and talk and Clark finds out that Eddie and Catherine, they haven't got anything for their kids, um, which is sad. You know, that's so sad. It is. Um, and I would say, listen, you know, I I like to give every year. Like I we, we, we donate to some charities and stuff like that. And I encourage everybody to do that because not because gifts are all about Christmas or whatever. That's not the meaning of Christmas mm-hmm. necessarily, but you know, if you can help a family out that, that might, it might make their holiday, you know what I mean? It might make their whole year. Um, Mm -hmm. that's just that to me, that's the best, that's the best gift you can ever give, you know? But anyways, um, so, uh, Clark wakes up the next morning and looks out his window to see Eddie emptying his shitter into the sewers. (laughs) He says, uh, Todd comes out, Todd's getting ready to go for a run. And, uh, Merry Christmas. Shitter was full. Clark, Clark tells Ellen, uh, ah, shitter was full. You check our shitters. Um, <laughs> uh, Clark and Ellen talk about Eddie's kids, um, not getting any presents for Christmas and talk about helping them out. Clark takes on, takes Eddie shopping. Eddie tells Clark the truth about the RV, that they live in it. Uh, they coasted in on fumes and, Clark tells Eddie that they'd like to help their family out and, um, you know, purchase their gifts for them. And Eddie had a list right in his pocket, ready to rock and roll. He was like, here's a list in alphabetical order, starting with Catherine. He's like, oh, yeah, if there's anything left over, I'd like to get you something real nice. (laughs) Yeah. I, so I watched this. I watched this movie with Michelle, and I looked over her, and I was like, "Did he just tell him to buy himself a gift <laughs> <laughs> with your own money? Get get yourself a gift and say it's from me." Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> finally, Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis arrive. I think this is Christmas Eve, and we're at Christmas Eve now. Uh, mm-hmm. Aunt Bethany, the woman that the woman that plays her, I, I don't recall her name. I'll, we'll get it in the casting here in a second. She was the voice of Betty Boop. If you didn't know that. Oh, really? Yes, she was. Um, nice. Fun facts all around. Yep. Uh, she's also very, very confused. <laughs> when did you guys move to Florida? <laughs> Are you and Clark still dating? <laughs> is oh, your, my god! Is your house on fire? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she says, oh, dear, did I break wind? Jesus, Bethany, did the room clear out? They're talking about the presents. Uh, Bethany wrapped up her cat and wrapped up her jello mold, uh, which, which also has cat food in the mold. (laughs) It 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 pairs well with, uh, lime jello. It really does. Uh, this was, this cracked me up because 
Ellen, Ellen is, she's a, she's like looking at the package and sees that there's jello and okay. Eddie's her cousin, right? Eddie's her, Eddie's her cousin. He licks her finger, licks the jello off of her finger. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I forgot about that. And he's like, Ooh, tastes like lime. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, we're now at Christmas Eve dinner and for the first time in a few days, Clark is happy. Like he's smiling. He's looking around. He's looking around at his family. That's what he wanted. You know, he wanted his family to be there. The turkey looks great. Um, and he's ready. You know, he's ready to eat. He makes a toast to the family and he asks Aunt Bethany to say grace. <laughs> of course, I'm guessing she's suffering from Alzheimer's, dementia, something. Yeah, I, I would, I would think so. Yeah, and <laughs> he says, uh, "Hey, Bethany, would you, would you mind saying Grace?" And Grace, Grace passed away thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she proceeds to recite the um, national anthem. Um, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Yeah, she and so they get done with that. I mean, it's a solid grace. It, it's a solid grace. And Clark's like, <laughs> okay, amen, <laughs> amen. Yeah. All right. And uh, so he gets ready to cut cut into the turkey, <laughs> Jesus. and it just crumbles. <laughs> it kind of out of it kind of out of poof, like it farted. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, Catherine starts crying, and Eddie's like. Catherine, why are you crying? <laughs> She's like, I put it, I knew I put it in too early. Uh, so they're, <laughs> they're nibbling on it. Like having to really, it's like, it's basically like, um, it's like turkey jerky. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's like they're chewing leather. <laughs> yeah, it's turkey jerky at this point. And uh, they're, just, they're going through there. And during dinner, Clark tells the kids that he saw in the news that they spotted Santa Slay. And <laughs> Eddie with his... Really a uh, nice look on his face is you serious, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this is when the things start to unravel. But before we get into that, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Um, is this the same scene where, <clears throat> excuse me, is this the same scene where Eddie's wearing that like V neck with like, but is he's wearing like a V neck sweater with a turtleneck underneath, but it's just, <laughs> just a, a turtleneck for like the chest. It's just the neck. Like yeah. there's no, yeah. So is that a real fashionable that, thing? Okay. Or, so or were they just being funny? Well, they were both. It was a fashionable thing and okay. they're being funny. <laughs> Because I, I could, I could barely pay attention because that's all I stared at. Because you could totally see because he's wearing a white shirt and you could totally see it underneath uh-huh. there. Um, yeah. That wasn't the scene. That that scene was when um, Eddie and Clark are first in the living room and Eddie's like hey, he had just got there, pretty much. Okay, that's when After that was. They cleaned up. They cl- so that was before dinner. Yeah, that was way before dinner. Okay, yeah, okay, that was okay. way before yeah, they went okay. shopping and all that stuff. <clears throat> That was yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. But gotcha. Um, the the there's a character in um, Big Bang Theory. Oh God, I can't think of his name. He wear he wears that same thing all the time. Oh, it's not the guy with the curly hair, is no, it? No, he has straight hair. It's okay. Oh God. Anyways, uh, guys, shout us out. Get, you know, hit us up if you if you know it. Yeah, set us straight. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Things start to unravel, and the dog has gotten into the trash and just threw trash everywhere. 
Um, and the cat that they they had to let the cat out that Bethany wrapped up and brought with her. Um, the cat got a hold of the cord to the tree, unplugged it, and was chewing one of them up underneath the chair that was near the tree. Um, Clark sees that the tree went unplugged. He goes to plug it in. He plugs in the first one. All the lights come on. He plugs in the second one, and it kills the power to the house because they just fried the cat. Um, <laughs> they lift the chair up, and they see that the cat has been just annihilated. And then there's a there's a there's a huge death stain on the carpet. And the, and the, I love the that. Chair, Hashtag death stain. Yes, death stain. Uh, the chair is ruined. It's completely ruined. And uh, Clark and Eddie are taking the chair out to the curb. And uh, Clark asks Eddie if he smells something. And Clark says, or Eddie says, yeah, fried pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a moron. <laughs> and uh, Clark Clark said, no, no, not that. It smells like gas coming from the sewer. And uh, Lewis uh, heads. He, Lewis has had enough of dinner. He heads from the living room and from the from the dinner table into the living room to light up a stogie. He didn't want to smoke apparently right in front of the everybody finishing their food. But as he did that, as he lights up the stogie, the tree, the dog. So the dog earlier in the film was licking the water out of the tree. And this is a live tree as we know. And he licked all the water up and the tree took in the rest of the water. So the, the, there's no more water. The tree's dry as a bone. And so when he lights up his stogie, he completely burns the tree down. <laughs> and Clark comes in. He was like, Lewis, what did you do to my tree? He's like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I like Lewis. Lewis is also like when they walked in, when they first get there, he's like, um, uh, Bethany, do you want to tell him, uh, want, want to see if Clark can guess what we got him for Christmas? And Clark's like, oh, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to give me anything. And he says, damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, after that quickly happens, uh, we get a knock on the door and it's a delivery person, <clears throat> AKA be nice to your delivery people. Um, they work really, really hard to get you your holiday needs. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, facts. See, there you go. Hashtag fact. <laughs> um, but he, he's like, ah, I would have had it sooner, but it fell behind a seat and I didn't get, I didn't see it until today. I'm sorry. So, Clark sees that it's from his company and tells everyone that with a bonus check, he's going to put it in the pool. Everybody, everybody's freaking out and getting excited. And he apologizes to everybody for being a little short. And then he opens it. And it's not what he was expecting. It was a Jelly of the Month Club membership card for a year. <laughs> what is a Jelly of the Month Club, James? Do you know what that is? I don't know, but I'm, I I would very much like to figure out how to get onto a Jelly of the Month Club. Not because I like jelly. I just think it'd be really cool to be a part of that club. Listen, I, I, I'm, an, I'm an advocate for grape jelly. I, I, if I could smear myself in grape jelly, I would. You know, I don't mean that in a sexual sense, everybody, so calm down. I'm just yeah. mean, like, I love grape jelly, you know. Uh, but still, if I got if I got this as a bonus... Again, guys, oh, please don't don't ever take your bonuses as part of your salary. Just don't do it. Don't do it. I was dying when he like did his little speech before he opened it. I was like, dude, open that 
first. Yeah. Like, stop. <laughs> open that before you finish this. Oh, open it. Now. Yeah. No, stop talking. Open it. Just open it. Yeah. Because you're, everybody's like, yes, okay. It's, it's finally here. No. Yeah. After he sees this, this sends Clark over the edge. And James, do you happen to have this line when he's, when he, when he's, he says, I would like Mr. Shirley. I like my boss here with a big bow on his head. So I could tell him. And then I, he goes off on this huge tangent and I forget. Um, he ends it by, holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> I don't remember the whole. Oh, he said, he says, Hey, if any of you are looking for a last minute gift idea for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss right here tonight. I want him brought his happy holiday slumber over to Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes. And so, so Eddie's like, he, Eddie gets this like look on his face, like, hmm, okay, I think I could do I that. think I could go do that and takes off in the RV. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Clark grabs a chainsaw. Uh, from the from the garage, goes out as one would do. As one would do, exactly. Goes outside. He's got this really crazy look on his face. <laughs> Rusty comes out and he's like, "Hey, Dad. Hey, listen. Let's talk." And he, he turns around and looks at Rusty, and Rusty's like, "Good talk, Dad. Good talk." <laughs> and walks away. I feel so bad for Rusty. Oh, he's man. like, a, you know, the little engine that could. He's like, "Come on, like, we, let's just." Let's just think about this, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he cuts down. They had, a, they had a pine tree in their front yard. And Clark cuts it down. And <laughs> it falls into the into Todd Margo's uh, window while they're eating dinner. <laughs> and they're talking. And they're sitting there talking about, you know, don't you feel like Margo's like, don't you feel at least a bit sad that we didn't get a Christmas tree? And uh, he, so she's like, even though they're cliche. And uh, Todd's like, well, where are we going to get a Christmas tree at, at this hour on Christmas Eve? And that's when the tree falls through the window. Falls through the window, yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, man. Ellen comes outside and confronts Clark. Or no, she no Clark's he's cut down the tree. He's put a new the new tree up in the living room. He's washing his hands in the bathroom. And Ellen confronts him and she says, she talks about him going berserk. And, and he tells her that Lewis went down my tree and... Uh, uh, no, he says, uh, we, we needed a coffin. <laughs> I mean, a tree. And I replaced it the best I could. You know, and she's like, she's <laughs> like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's lost his mind. Like he is. Oh yeah. He is the point of no return. And he's now wandering the house with a chainsaw. Uh, and walks past the, uh, the dual post and, uh, it's been loose forever in a day. All you gotta do is tighten that shit up, man. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. It's all like a screw. You just you gotta, just gotta it. tighten it up. No, he cuts the whole thing off. <laughs> Fix the new post. <laughs> doesn't even pick it. it up. Just lets it, chops it off no. and lets it fall. <laughs> and, uh, so Clark is, you know, he's washed up. He's down there decorating the new tree. He's putting the presents underneath the tree. And Aunt Bethany hears something and coming from the tree and they all kind of like, eh, whatever. And then Clark's like, no, I hear it too. It's a freaking squirrel. The squirrel jumps out the tree at Clark and uh, everybody's freaking out. You know, Clark, Clark's mom passes out and uh, they get behind, they get back into, they get into the dining room and Clark's like, all right, I'm going to take this and I'm going to grab a hammer. I'm going to hit it over the head. And, and uh, <laughs> This causes uh, Ellen's mom to pass out, and Clark Sr.'s like, I'm going in with him. They go in to trap the squirrel, 
and uh, the squirrel gets away. Snots busts through the kitchen door. The tra- he's, he's trashed the kitchen again. He's got trash all over the floor again. He busts through the kitchen door, chasing after the squirrel, and he's destroying the whole freaking... He's jumping on everything, destroying the whole house. Um, tables are breaking. It's it's a, it's chaos. And That's actually what I wrote in my notes. I put chaos in Oh my god, it's <laughs> insane. And let me tell you something. For somebody that has OCD, like I, I that that really that, that scene was like, no, no. I was it was horrifying. <laughs> uh <laughs> The neighbors, um, they're outside their house talking about going over and confronting the Griswolds about the tree that came through their window. And Margo wants Todd to go over there and slug Clark. And he's like, I can't just attack someone. She tells him, well, if you're not man enough to do it, then I will. And she walks over and knocks on the door. And the, the chase is still going on in the house. Clark sees the squirrel and the dog heading for the front door. So he quickly runs to the front door, opens it, just as the neighbor is knocking, uh, knocking on the door. And the squirrel and the dog both jump on her. He shuts the door and yells, gone. (laughs) (laughs) She gets, you know, she gets, she gets pretty messed up from the squirrel and the dog. And she comes home and slugs Todd. Todd's like, what happened to you? (laughs) It's just lights out, dude. Knocks him out, knocks him over the couch. And I'm like, I'm like, girl, you go. Cause he, he, he deserved that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I agree with him though. You can't just go over and attack somebody, but you can at least go. No, over, you sure, can at least yeah. go over and say, "Hey, you're going to pay for the damages, dude." Like, but anyways, yeah. he, he wasn't even man enough to do that. Um, the family has had enough. You know, the the, the grandparents, um, they're are all they've got their bags packed. They're ready to leave. And Clark's like, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. Uh, well, you know, and Ellen's like, no, we're done. Like, you know, it can't get any worse than this. And he's like, can't get any worse. We're at the threshold of hell. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. so they, you know, he's, he's they're there to stay. And um, Eddie has kidnapped Mr. Shirley. He has gone to his house somehow or another, found his house. Uh, and that he's heading back from kidnapping him. Clark senior has a talk at this time. We go back to the Griswolds. Clark seniors. He's, he walks in where Clark is and says, look, man, you know, he's talking about his behavior. Like, you know, you can't, um, you're too good a father to act like that, you know? And he's just trying to lift his spirits. And, uh, he does. And Clark asks Clark senior, are you, are you going to recite the, the nightmare before Christmas? No, <laughs> the night before Christmas. Excuse me, wrong movie, <laughs> and, wrong thing. And uh, Clark Senior says, "No, I'm retired. This is then you do it." So you know, Clark's sitting down reciting that, and uh, he, he gets to a certain line, and uh, he, he looks out the window and sees Eddie bringing in Mister Shirley, <laughs> his boss, with a ribbon on his head. Uh, oh man! <laughs> what were your? Let's go back here. A minute. What were your thoughts on the uh, that whole sequence there? What did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, well, I back when uh, when he had his tantrum and he said that, and Eddie had that crazy look in his eyes. I was like, he's gonna go get him, isn't he? <laughs> and you see like his RV driving up to the house, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, we're doing this. All right, okay, so he's gonna go. Yep. <laughs> when, when you see him back in the Griswold's driveway and he's like, he's got him like dog ch- tied, you know, he's got like his wrists and his ankles tied. Dog chain, he yeah, he, he's hog tied. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> just like, what is going on? Here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so perfect. It was hilarious. Oh, dude. It, I mean, <laughs> Eddie's an idiot. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Mr. Shirley's wife is calling the police and she's like, Oh yeah. She like reports him kidnapped. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She's like some yeah. beastly man in the blue leisure suit. And he was beastly, you know? Uh, so Mr. Shirley comes in, Clark explains, um, that it was, you know, he said some things once he got the, well, first he lets Mr. Shirley know, Mr. Shirley says, well, first of all, you're fired. And then Eddie's like, no, this is my idea. And then he's like, well, you're still fired and you're going to jail. And Eddie's like, whatever, dude, I don't care. Uh, (laughs) And um, Clark then explains, no, no, I said some things at uh, dinner once I found out that I wasn't getting a bonus that you give every year. He's like, I've been here 17 years. We've always gotten a bonus every year but this one. And he's like, what you did you know, just plain sucked. And, you know, it, it, it was detrimental, um, to his family's Christmas. And, um, Mr. Shirley starts looking around the room and I'm going to say a good acting job by the family. Cause they sold this big time yeah. <laughs> looking around the room and he sees all their faces are pissed off and disappointed. And he sees how it's affected the family. And, um, you know, he, he's, he decides to change his mind. And he's like, it's, <laughs> he says, it's little people like you, Clark, <laughs> uh, that, uh, that make the world go around or something like that. And decides to add an additional 20% to whatever Clark got last year, um, which sends Clark. So kind. Uh, it's very kind. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's awesome that he realized, you know, wow, that was a really, you know, I guess I didn't see how this would affect the, the the real people you know it, it looks good on paper yeah. um yeah i mean he did it and kudos to him you know and then <laughs> the police uh are on their way and they evade the griswold home and the neighbor's home and i like this part too because margo's she's on the couch she's kicked him out she's kicked todd out and she's like if you want to come in here you're going to bust down the goddamn door <laughs> and they bust down the door the police bust down the door <laughs> and she freaks out <laughs> Um, uh, and then the cops bust through every window in the Griswold home. Oh my God. Like every, it's like the SWAT team. Every window in the house is busted. And yeah, I thought we were watching like a Batman scene. <laughs> I mean, they, for a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mr. Shirley's wife also came with the police and they walk her in the home and, um, Mr. Shirley tells him, tells her and the police that it's just a huge misunderstanding that he wasn't pressing any charges. And she's like, what, what's going on? And he was like, you know, that thing we were talking about, I was talking about suspending the bonuses. And she's like, you did it. And he's like, listen, I, and then that, that cop goes, if I had a rubber hose, I'd beat you with it. He's like, I changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> it's like, God. Um, but, uh, anyway, the family, uh, sees what they think is a Christmas star outside. So they all head outside and it was actually a light from the sewer treatment plant. Remember Eddie cleaned his shitters out in the sewers. Um, and nobody should be lighting a match anywhere near the sewer because it's full uh-huh. of that gas. And Lewis lights a stogie outside, which ignites the sewer, sending him and Clark Santa's, uh, Santa sleigh and reindeer flying to the air. Uh, <laughs> 
And uh, which made a great silhouette. It really did. Of, uh, Santa flying across the sky. It really did. I like Lewis. I like <laughs> Lewis's uh, answer. He's like, "That's not the friggin' Christmas star, Grizz. That's the light from the sewage treatment plant." He's like, "Don't light that." And uh, it just erupts, <laughs> and it's yeah. And they, then uh, Aunt Bethany starts. Um, oh gosh, dang it! Um, the Star Star Spangled Star Spangled Rockets Red Glare. <laughs> Uh, even the cops are like they they take take off their hats they're putting it over their hearts and uh, <laughs> I mean it's a it's a fair response it really is when you honest. when you hear that as an American you know even if you're I mean for those of you that are listening from another country this is just American talk here but um, it's a thing that everybody in America or most people do when they hear the um, national anthem they take off their hat and put it over their hearts but um, so that's what they do here. Um, and, and they sing that and there's most of the family heads back inside and celebrates they're dancing and singing and uh clark is looking out into the night sky and uh he ends by saying i did it and uh we end the movie there um so there you go that's christmas vacation man uh again i'm very very biased to this movie before i get my galactic star rating because I've seen this movie, even though I can't quote it word for word like I can some other movies, um, I watch it every. I we watch it every Christmas. We watch it. Um, I've seen it already at least three times. Um, nice. And we'll watch it. We'll watch it another seventeen times after the fact before Christmas. Um, but yeah, so I mean, very very biased to this movie. It's it's such a good movie, and uh, so that's why. It, it's it it's it's funny from from beginning to end. There's no and it, it really like you said it it makes you feel like that, that's my family. That's something my family would do, you know. And it, the, it's over the top. It's a John Hughes film. John John Hughes uh, was um he was such a great writer and um it really it really shows in this movie. And so that's why I gave this rating a four point five out of five um the casting was great i love how to and i think they did this kind of as a joke they recast the the kids every single movie <laughs> yeah uh johnny galecki uh who went on to star in big bang theory played rusty and we had um juliette lewis playing audrey and um it's just it's it's Clark, excuse me, uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, they had such a great chemistry together. Like you, they really seemed like they were, um, you know, husband and wife, you know, they really, there was a lot of chemistry there. And even in the first vacation movie, there was still, they still had that really strong, good chemistry. And I think that's really important, even in a comedy to, to really kind of, kind of sell it. And I think they did that here, you know? Um, the family, the extended family was great. Uh, Randy Quaid was fantastic as, as cousin Eddie. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost a perfect movie to me. So, uh, James, let's, uh, let's hear your galactic star rating, my friend. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give it a 4.5 as well. Uh, I, I had a good time watching this movie. It's a, it's a staple in most families Christmas arsenal. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It, like it's one of those movies that it's not serious. 
and nor should it be taken serious. And it's just a journey uh, from beginning to end. You know, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah. And it totally is. I mean, it's, it's just a good, I mean, it, it's a good spirited movie. Like it's, it's, it's got, it's from, like you said, from beginning to end, it's just a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, and like, it, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't seen many of like John Hughes films. Um, but like the writing is good. The, it's like the, just the right amount of like punchline, if you will, or just like one liners. Um, it's over the top, but it's not, it's not like so much, like it, it, it's timing. So like it has perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you don't get overwhelmed with the corniness of the movie because they, they pace it very well. Right. And, and for that reason, I give it to five, uh, 4.5. Yeah. I, I would recommend too that all of you, including you, James look up John Hughes and all of his filmography and mm-hmm. watch every one of them. Cause they're all great. Um, he did home alone. He did home alone too. He did vacation. Uh, he did European vacation, Christmas vacation. He did, um, uh, oh, shoot. 16 candles breakfast club. I mean, classic movies, man. He, he did a lot of really, really good movies. And when you watch those movies, you, you, it's the writing's the same. I mean, it's just, it's, the families are very much a mess <laughs> in yeah. each of the movies. And it's, it's funny and it plays out great. Um, so there's our rating guys, our galactic star rating as we like to call it. And, um, looks like we were both on the same page, which I love. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get into the casting. Now we already talked about Chevy chase. Um, he played, uh, Clark W Griswold or Sparky as he's called by, uh, his wife, Helen, Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo plays Ellen Griswold. Um, she does not share her husband's outlook, but she still supports him in his Christmas endeavor. Uh, Juliet Lewis is Audrey Griswold. Um, she was uh, Audrey was previously portrayed by Dana uh, Barron in the original Vacation and Dana Hill uh, in uh, the last two films. Uh, is that right? No. Yeah. According to Wikipedia. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Audrey hates the entire idea of a big family Christmas, especially when it affects her social life, which she does. Uh, Johnny Galecki is Russ Griswold. Um, he was previously portrayed by Anthony Michael Hall and Jason Lively in the last two films. Um, and Russ supports his father, but is greatly annoyed by his relatives, as we see. Uh, John Randolph uh, plays Clark Griswold Sr., uh, Diane Ladd as Nora Griswold. So I'm giving names to the the, the grandparents now. Uh, E.G. Marshall as Art Smith. I like <laughs> he's funny. So do washing machines. Uh, Doris Roberts as uh, Francis Smith. Um, oh, that's her name. I could Francis. So what is is she on? She was in. She looks so familiar. Yeah. You ever watch the show? Um, uh, oh God. Um, Raymond. Um, oh, everybody loves is Raymond. She the mom? She's the mom. Yep. Yes. Everybody loves Raymond. Okay. I knew she looked familiar yeah. the whole time. Yes. This happens to my poor little 30 year old brain. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> You're 10 years younger than me. Uh, Marion Flynn as uh, Catherine uh, Johnson. She played uh, Catherine in the uh, original vacation movie. So that was nice to see her back. 
Uh, of course, always Randy Quaid as uh, Eddie Johnson. I never knew their last names, but now, now, now we know. Um, yeah, so there you go. Randy Quaid uh, back as uh, Eddie. And uh, <laughs> it says he comes to town unannounced and uninvited. Uh, the patriarch <laughs> of the white trash side of the family. <laughs> uh, Cody Berger as uh, Rocky. Uh, William Hickey as Lewis. Um, Clark's age uncle and the husband of Bethany. He wears a toupee and smokes cigars. Uh, May Quistel as Bethany. Uh, again, she was the voice of Betty Boop. Uh, Sam McMurray as Bill, uh, which was one of Clark's co-workers. Uh, uh, Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus as Margo. Oh, by the way, Margo and Todd were married. Margo Chester and Todd Chester. Oh, um, they were married. Yes. They did not act like it. Yes. I mean, they kind of did, but also... At the end, when she like kicks him out, that's when I was like, eh, maybe they're just dating. No, yeah, they're definitely married. I guess <laughs> I'm glad we got that solved. The Griswold it says it says the Griswold's yuppie neighbors who despise Clark and that. takes the brunt of the Griswold's antics. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian Doyle Murray is Frank Shirley. Oh, but excuse me, Nicholas Guest as Todd Chester. Um, Brian Doyle Murray as uh, Frank Shirley, Clark's boss. He does not remember Clark's first name and calls him different names until the final scene of the film. He does. He calls him. Um, when they first meet, when we first meet Bill, uh, Bill, uh, Frank Shirley, I called him Bill. God dang it. Uh, when we first meet Frank Shirley, he's walking down with his crew and, uh, he's like, um, Mark and Clark's like, it's, it's Clark. And then, uh, he looks at Bill and he's like, that's Bill, sir. And then he's like, Bill, I want those reports by the end of the day. <laughs> uh, he calls him like nine different names. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Natalie uh, Nuglitch as uh, Helen Shirley, which is Frank's wife. Uh, Nicolette uh, Scorsese as Mary, uh, the lingerie counter clerk. Uh, I wonder if she's any relation to Martin Scorsese. Hmm. Um, hmm. Alexander Falk as the, the lead squat officer and Doug Llewellyn as the voice of the parade announcer um, on the TV. So, okay. There, there's your cast. Uh, anything you want to add to the casting? I think they did a good job. I think so, uh, too. Picking these people, I think. I mean, I know they had a lot of the groundwork already done because this is a, um, a, a, an installment in an existing series. But I uh, I feel like everyone everyone did a good job. Yeah, and they're, to, they're, they're really to thank Harold Ramis for that because um, he was the director of the original Vacation. And uh, he also played Egon. For those of you watching Ghostbusters, um, rest in peace, Harold Ramis. But uh, yeah, he did a lot of the brunt work already uh, when when he cast um, Clark and Ellen and uh, Eddie and Catherine back in the day. So um, so now we're gonna get on to uh, filming and the production side here, D- uh, development and writing. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, originated from a short story by writer John Hughes called Christmas '59 which was published in December of 1980 issue of National Lampoon Magazine. The studio came to me. This is, this is a quote from uh, John Hughes. The studio came to me and begged for another one, and I only agreed because I had a good story to base it on, said Hughes. But those movies had become little more than Chevy Chase vehicles. Uh, director uh, Christopher Columbus initially wanted was to direct the film. Uh, Christopher Columbus, Chris Columbus, excuse me. He went on to direct Home Alone and uh, the sequel. Uh, but due to pers- personality clash between him and Chase, uh, Columbus left the film and was replaced by uh, Chekik. Then we check Chekik. Anyways, 
Uh, Hughes eventually uh, gave Columbus the script to Home Alone. So there you go. Um, Principal photography began on March 27th, 1989 in Summit County, Colorado with footage shot in uh, uh, Silverthorne, Breckenridge, and Frisco, which explains the large amounts of snow. I'm not saying that Illinois doesn't get that much snow, but it makes more sense that it's in, that it's in Colorado, right? Yeah, because I believe um, Colorado and a lot of the states surrounding it have snow for much longer time. Oh, yeah. And especially since they, you know, were started in March. Like, there's going to be plenty of snow in Colorado in March. Still, absolutely, yep. Um, from there, the production moved to Warner Brothers Ranch Facilities in Burbank, California, where the set of the Griswold family's house and street is located. And it's still there to this day. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know. So that's that's all on a studio lot, which explains why the moon looks like it's, uh, in one scene, looks like it's the size. Uh, it looks like it's getting ready to fall into the earth. That's <laughs> yeah. so big. Um. But um, so there you go. That's that was the that was filming. Yeah, if you if you go back and look up, you can you can Google the the National Influence Christmas Vacation Home, and it'll 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 bring it up and tell you all about it. It's 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 really weird. You can you can actually they have pictures of the house, what it looks like today. It's just it's just strange. Like it's strange seeing it, but it's still on the lot. Yeah, that's crazy. They didn't like. Well, I guess it makes sense. You want to keep it preserved for history, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's not decorated. It's all empty, but yeah. They've used that house. That house was also used for um, Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, that was used for Mur- Murtal's family's home. So, nice. yep. There you go. A little trivia for you all. Um, let's get into the music now. Uh, the music score for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was composed by Angelo... I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, but, oh, gosh. Badalamenti? Badalamenti. Okay. Angelo. That, that looks like what it says. Badalamenti. I'm sorry, Angelo, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, listeners, for butchering names. I'm terrible with it. Um, it is the only installment. Names are hard. Man. It's real tough. <laughs> it is the only installment of the vacation film series not to include Lindsey Buckingham's Holiday Road. Uh, in its place is a song called Christmas Vacation that was written for the movie by the husband and wife songwriting team of Barry Mann and uh, Cynthia Wells and performed by Mavis Staples of the Staples Singer fame. Interesting. The song was covered in 2007 by High School Musicals star Monique Coleman for the 2007 Christmas album Disney Channel Holiday. Popular Christmas songs featured in the film include Bing Crosby and the Anderson Sisters. Uh, the Hawaiian-themed Mela Kalikimaka is the thing to say. Uh, and during the climax of the film, Gene Autry's Here Comes Santa Claus. For the, for the latter song, Audrey's recorded, um, re-recorded 1957 Challenger Records version is used. Um, despite several pop- popular songs being present in the film... No soundtrack album was released. That's interesting. Uh, in 1999, a bootleg copy containing music featured in the film, along with several cuts of dialogue dubbed as a 10th anniversary limited edition, began to appear on internet auction sites with a claim that Warner Brothers and Red.net had pressed 20,000 CDs for Six Flags Magic Mountain employees to sell to customers entering the park. However, while the discs were individually numbered out of 20,000, only 7,000 were sold as part of a a demand uh, production printed at a gift shop kiosk within the park. 
uh, forums on the movie music sites such as Soundtrack Collector later declared the disc to be a bootleg due to its inaccuracies. For instance, the cut, the Christmas uh, Vacation Melody, claiming to be the work of composer Angelo uh, Badalamenti, is really a track called Christmas at Carnegie, Carnegie Hall from Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, by composer John Williams and does not actually contain any of Bad Lamenti's Christmas Vacation score. Wow. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I'd say they messed up there. Um, lawsuits were had, no doubt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's funny that they never released the score to that. There's no soundtrack yeah. at all. Um, I'm surprised they haven't gone back to do it now because with things like Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music, there's so much like just ways to make it so easy. You know, just digitize it, toss it out there. You don't have to make a physical copy. Yeah, I mean, like not even today. Like, come on, just put it on Apple Music, be done with it, yeah. or whatever music platform you you guys like to use. But whatever. Uh, it's a. I mean, it's 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 decent. I mean, you can. It's got your classic Christmas song. I hear Melakalikimaka every freaking day of my life during Christmas. Um, <laughs> here right. comes Santa Claus. I mean, I, you hear those stuff. Um, I guess you could just sample these songs by searching them individually and making your own playlist. You could do if you that. Really wanted it. Yeah, you could do that. The score. This is one of the movies where the score really wasn't a character or very prominent at all. It didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was more like a background actor. It was, you know, I, I, it's it's cru- it's crucial to move the story, but not like detrimental. Yeah, you barely even notice it. I mean, there's a few scenes that mm-hmm. it's prominent, but it's not for the most part. It's not the movies that we've talked about previous episodes. Um, the it was a character, and this is just not. It's mm-hmm. not a character in this. Yeah. Um. But there you go. There's the music. Um. And so let's go to the reception. Um, we're going back to the box. This is interesting. Yeah, You'll yeah. Find this interesting. Oh yeah, we're going back to the box office here. Um, the movie debuted at number two at the box office while grossing eleven million seven hundred fifty thousand during the opening weekend, behind Back to the Future Part Two. The movie eventually topped the box office charts in its third week of release and remained at number one the following weekend. Uh, it went on to gross a total of seventy one million three hundred nineteen dollars in the United States while showing uh, in movie theaters. It was the highest grossing film in the series until the release of Vacation in 2015. Um, now, is Vacation the movie where the kids are grown up? It's, yeah, it's Rusty. Yeah, it's Rusty taking his yeah. family on vacation. It's terrible. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, we're n- I mean, it does have Ed Hellman. Yeah. No, man. Um, at the time of the... Th- Listen, I love Ed Helms, uh, Ed Helms, but it's not a good movie. Um, at the time of the film's release, the film received mixed to positive reviews. However, one time, over time, many have uh, cited it as a Christmas classic. Uh, review uh, Rotten Tomatoes reports that uh, 68% of 47 film critics have given the film a positive review with a rating of 6.3 out of 10. Wow, that's not really that great. The site's uh, consensus reads, while Christmas Vacation may not uh, be the most disciplined comedy... It's got enough laughs and good cheer to make for a solid seasonal treat. Um, uh, I kind of agree with that. I think that's a little. Yeah. I think it's a little harsh. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say it's like it's one of those like you're right, but like why would you have to say it like that? Yeah, just get <laughs> yeah. come on. 
Uh, Entertainment Magazine uh, Variety responded positively to the film, stating, "Solid family fare with plenty of yucks." That's what I like to hear. That's why we love. That's why we love Variety here at uh, Box Office Invaders Podcast. Uh, right. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is Chevy Chase and Brood doing what they do best. Despite the title, which links it to previous picks in the Rambling Vacation series, uh, the, this third entry is firmly rooted at the Griswold family homestead, where Clark is engaged in a typical overreaching attempt to give his family a perfect old-fashioned Christmas. Uh, Rita Kempley of the Washington Post gave the film a positive review, explaining that it will prove Patter family to fans of the 1983 original and the European Vacation sequel. Uh, only it's a bit more whimsical. Uh, Roger Debert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film two out of four stars, saying the movie is curious in how close it comes to delivering on its material. Uh, sequence after sequence seems to contain all the necessary material to be well on the way towards a payoff, and then somehow it doesn't work. Roger Ebert, all respect to you, my friend, but I'm going to completely disagree with you. <laughs> I think it. Yeah, I, I feel like we do get a payoff. I think it pays off in a great way. You know, he he goes through literal hell. Um, you you see, you slowly see the <laughs> the chaos completely come to a head, and then it pays off. He gets his bonus, right? Right. So what are you talking about, Roger? Um, anyways, I, that's that's all fine and dandy. Those are professional critics. We're not. We're just we're just your average lucky average every, average everyday fool. Uh, what do we what do we matter? I guess. But anyways, um, that's interesting. That is interesting. So it it, yeah. it sounds like it, it, it like I said, mixed to positive reviews. That's pretty accurate. I think it's right in the middle of the road for for most people when it came out but i think over time this movie i think over time that's what really um has paid off for this thing because it's like many of the previous episodes movies that we've uh reviewed it's it's become a uh, a seasonal thing every year people watch it people quote it all the time yeah. um it it just slowly it slowly grew as a cult classic um did you do you have anything to add to the uh to the box office or response? Um no, I don't think so. I think that it's fun uh kind of like taking a step back and seeing uh what these critics thought at the time of release. Mm-hmm. Um because like you know they they're they're seeing it with a fresh eye. Uh, we're we're getting to watch it after like for some of us years of watching others not so much uh, but right. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's I find it interesting that like it was such a mixed bag in the beginning and I had almost I I would almost challenge some of the people that gave it uh, like mixed or negative reviews to to watch it again today and see how they would rate it well, you know if they had to rate it again they would probably give it a better score just just going off yeah. of the cult following and mm-hmm. just how uh, inspirational this movie has become over time to to other comedies mm-hmm. you know um so i i definitely think it, their their ratings would change um but yeah uh so 
they actually made a sequel to this movie, believe it or not. Uh, I'm not talking about Vegas Vacation. So in 2003, NBC aired a sequel to the Christmas Vacation called National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, which featured Cousin Eddie's family on a vacation, uh, Christmas vacation in the South Pacific. Randy Quaid, Marion Flynn, and Dana Barron, who played the original Audrey in the first vacation, reprised their roles uh, alongside newcomers Jake Thomas Edward Asner, uh, Sung Hai Lee, and Fred Willard. Um, I never saw that movie. I don't know if it's any good, so I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's good. I know it went straight to DVD, um, which doesn't indicate that it's very good, but I don't know. Uh, have you seen this movie, James? I have not. Yeah. Um, the movie title looks cool, though. I like the, the cover. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. very. It looks similar. It's got the same font as Christmas Vacation. It's 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 Eddie and his family. They're on a beach. Like, look, look like they're on the deserted beach or something. Yeah, um, it's kind of uh, cartoony looking. Right. I, I at least the one that I'm looking at. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to watch it. At least give it a shot. You know, I don't even know. I don't yeah, even know. If, maybe we can make that. Uh, Part two for Christmas next time. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, probably not, but maybe so. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, in uh, 2020, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo reprised their roles as Clark and Ellen in a Ford commercial for the Ford Mustang Mach-E, spoofing the house lighting scene. I don't think I've seen that. Um, yeah, I haven't either, and I kind of want to, and I'm taking a strong stance right now, and everybody who disagrees with me can <laughs> just do it. Um that's not a Mustang. That's that's a Ford SUV electric vehicle. Yes. It's not a Mustang. Oh, yes. I totally agree with that. That's not a Mustang. Nope. No. If you wanted to make an electric Mustang, just make it. Don't don't give it a, a bubble butt like that. Like, come on. And you made it four-door. Why is it four-door? Yeah. No, Mustangs like, are not four-door. I, I just derailed what we were talking about, but I had to say my piece. Uh, no, it's totally fine. I totally get it. Um I, you could probably YouTube the commercial. Um, mm -hmm. Just write 2020 Clark and Allen, you know, mock mock E or whatever, whatever it's called. It'll pop right up, I'm sure. But so you guys can check that out on YouTube if you'd like. Um, also, if you guys have seen Christmas Vacation Part Two, um, let us know. Let, you know, hit us up on the socials. Um, I, I would love to hear you guys' yeah, thoughts. Yeah, that's a good idea. If you guys saw it and liked it and want to hear us review it, yeah, let us know. Yeah, I love to hear. I'd yeah. love to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, so that's pretty much it for uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, man. It's man, that that was a good one. James, is there mm -hmm. anything else you wanted to add in closing to that? I I don't think so. I mean, it's short, sweet. It's you know, point A, point B. Yeah. I, I did want to add, um, this is going back to last week's episode with Die Hard. I said that I couldn't see anybody else playing John McClane. Or no, I said that um, I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger would have made a good John McClane or it would have done good in the box office. That's bull crap. Um, <laughs> it would have totally done great in the box office with Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger. We talked about they were in, they were they were actually asked first to play John McClane, and they both turned it down. Uh, so I want to come back and say that I was wrong there. They would, that would have killed at the box office had they been John McClane. Probably even better than what it did. Um, but we got Bruce Willis and the rest is history. So 
I guess I'm glad they chose Bruce Willis over the other two. I think they would have done a great job, but it would have been a little less believable. So, um, I wanted, I wanted to come back and correct myself on that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we're going to move on now, uh, to, uh, movie news for the week. And James, your turn, buddy. Go ahead. Swing us up. Alrighty. Uh, so we, we bring you this movie news every week, but courtesy of variety. So, um, today I found that Hans Zimmer composer of the year, uh, for scoring Dune and no time to die. That's, that's a pretty good accolade. If you ask me, um, I've never been anything of the year. So, uh, I don't even know what that would feel like to be the composer of the year. Cause like, I mean, we, we talked about it just a few minutes ago. Uh, the music of a movie can make or break sometimes. Um, yeah, it's a character. So, I mean, yeah, it's a character. And so, you know, I, I don't know much about Hans Zimmer. I, I recognize the name. I know he does a lot of stuff. I know he's a phenomenal composer. He did the, he did the dark Knight trilogy, sir. Yeah, and and almost everything he touches is gold. <laughs> it's so, really good. Uh, <laughs> so like I I'm not even surprised if I'm being honest because I just you know when when you're good you're good. So it's it's a well deserved and um, yeah, congrats to him. Yeah, congrats to him indeed. Um, and we've got some other news here. Uh, just something else to touch on uh, about the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, it swings to record advanced ticket sales as movie theaters keep weary eye on uh, Omicron variant, which is uh, another freaking variant in the coronavirus. Go straight to hell, coronavirus. Do not pass go. Son of a bitch. Simple Autobots, let's go. Um, <laughs> I just think of I think of um, Transformers every time I hear the variant. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, my sorry. God. It's, it does. It sounds like it, sounds like it would be... Uh, it sounds like it would like a Decepticon. It or really do. It really does. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the movie opens up, uh, hits theaters December seventeenth. I know James, you are ecstatic for this movie, and my son is ecstatic for this movie. I myself, yes. Uh, you know, guys, you guys are gonna hate on me, and that's fine. I, I am marvelled out. Like I. I love the movies. Uh, I enjoy the comics. I'm a big comic book fan. I love DC comics though. DC is my jam and they've, they've not have, they've not gotten the justice that they deserve, so to speak, pun intended, uh, <laughs> that they severely deserve. And, and I'm just marveled out. Uh, um, this movie looks good though. And I, I'm going to see it. I'm going to love it. I know I will, but, um, you know, we'll we'll see. How, it's gonna it's gonna crush. It's gonna crush, no doubt about it. You know, the Eternals didn't do as good as they wanted them to. Um, I, I think they were kind of hoping that with an all star cast that they had that they would maybe compare to the first Avengers film. You know, maybe make a billion dollars. We're in a pandemic. They just released it at the wrong time. Um, yeah. But with Spider Man, it's it's like Spider Man and Batman are. Home run hitters, you can't go wrong. It's gonna, it's gonna crush, and it's probably, it's probably a really good film. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but eh, marvel out. <laughs> James, what are your thoughts? 
I I honestly am too. I'm. Uh, it took me a little while to watch like WandaVision and a couple other um, Marvel properties that have released in TV show form, mm-hmm. just because I needed a break. Like we had a ten year saga come to an end, and we only we only I, got about I a just, year off. I needed a, yeah, I needed a break, man, and. So like we got you know the the last Spider-Man movie and I watched that and it was like okay this is cool it feels like a little bit of a bridge from one phase to the next and uh I haven't seen the Eternals yet and I want to I really do I just it's not high on my priority list because as as you are Jeremy I'm kind of marveled out as well yeah. it's just you know they're 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 beating a dead horse and and what i mean by that is they they have they they found something that has worked and they're like let's bleed it until we run out of blood and it's starting to run out of and blood like it's 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 yeah. dripping a little bit at least at least i am yeah at least, yeah at least here at box uh box office invaders podcast we're we're, we're we've been wrong dry here out, we've friend. been wrong dry here yeah uh, uh, but the Spider-Man movie, man, like I am excited because it feels, at least from the trailer, it feels like a taste of what we already know. And you know, the Eternals—they're stepping into dark territory. You know, if you're not a if you're not a hardcore fan, you're like, who? Right. The Eternals, what? Right. Old gods, what? Like, you know, like <clears throat> it's—I don't know. Like, it's cool because it, it it's going to shed light on this whole corner of the comic empire that Marvel has created that nobody, well, I don't want to say nobody, that a lot of people, the casual fan didn't know. know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so like, that's cool. Like congrats, but eh, it's the same with Shang-Chi. I I mean, I, I I didn't know much little to nothing about Shang-Chi before this year. And I, I still have not seen the movie. Oh man. I will say that, that was good. yeah I, I, yeah we talked about that i will say that i have watched wandavision and it's really really good i really i was hooked with wandavision so i'm not saying that these this this stuff is going to be bad or is bad not what i'm saying guys i'm just marveled out like i you know they have released so much this year <laughs> they gave us like a year they, really they, they gave us like a year off and then they were like we're back we're back bitches and um I, I know this is a tangent but i'm i'm grateful for things like dune uh i know that that's like an older thing but like the the reboot or whatever they're calling it that was i enjoyed that film yeah. if you guys haven't seen dune yet do yourself a favor that's not buy a movie ticket yeah get some popcorn and buckle that up. It was good. another one that i would highly recommend that a lot of people have seen is ghostbusters afterlife um, mm. that is a great movie. Uh, highly enjoyed that. If you're a fan of the classic Ghostbuster movies, um, you know, one and two, exclu- this is totally excluding the, the reboot, um, uh, the all, all female cast from what, what, what year was that? 2014, 2015, something like that. I think so. Yeah. Um, and this is not a knock on that movie at all, but this is totally excluding that movie. Um, if you're a fan of the old, old uh, Ghostbusters, um, Man, this is this is kind of reminds me. I had the same feeling when I went and saw uh, the Force Awakens. Um, it just brings you right back into that world. It's very nostalgic, but it moves the fo- the the story the story forward as well. Progresses the story. 
Um, the casting is great. Um, it's funny. And um, there's some good surprises along the way. So if you've not seen that movie, guys, go see that movie. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, and a little bit emotional. But that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But um guys, I think that's it. I think we're uh we're we're episode number eight. Is eight? Seven? Eight. eight. Yeah. yeah, this is number eight. Um so this is the second movie we've done of the holiday season. We've got what, two more, I think? Two more. Yes. And yes, we're sir. not gonna tell you what those are. You have to come back and find out. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> James, you wanna go ahead and plug mm-hmm. the socials, my friend. Yeah. Um we are Box Office Invaders Pod, uh, both on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and um, we have a Twitter. We don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a Twitter, but I don't use it. <laughs> Just type in Box um, Office Invaders Podcast. You should find us. Yeah, and uh, we also are on. Uh, you can listen to us from Spotify, Google, Apple. Um, I found out a new one uh, that I want to try and get us on, but it's it's not. I can't do anything about it yet. Um, I found out people can listen to podcasts on Amazon, mm. like Amazon Music. Uh, it's not available through the hosting site that we use, Anchor. So as soon as it's available to host, I will I will um, make that available for our Amazon Music users. Ooh, ooh, um, that sounds great. So, yeah. so you so, should be able to listen to us too. Uh, if you listen to like a, a sub, uh, a sub app of the, of Apple or Google or Spotify, there's a lot of their sub apps that they use that people mm-hmm. use just for podcasts. Um, we should be on those as well. So, yeah, I don't remember all the names of them, but when I was trying to link up all of them, it told me to just like go back to Apple or mm-hmm. Spotify and it'll automatically upload to those other ones too so yeah, we're, we're, we're in your ear holes everywhere so um go ahead with your, your your personal socials my friend yeah um so first off excuse my dog she's about to bark <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i think uh, michelle is coming home so i apologize i'll try and cut it in post probably won't yeah. um but yeah, so uh, if you want to find more about me you can hit up dougrizzlyartist.com um and from there it's just my online presence uh you can find my social medias from there uh there's links on the homepage to click on my facebook my instagram my twitter uh i'm bas- i basically go as the grizzly artist everywhere so if you just type that in that name in to where you're looking you'll find me i'm there i'm hanging out um what about you well uh i have a um gaming stream that I do on Twitch, Back to the Arcade Gaming. Uh, just type Back to the Arcade Gaming, all one word, and you'll find me on Twitch. I stream five, six, seven days a week, uh, most weeks. Uh, for the for the holiday season, I've slowed it up just a touch because I'm busy at the day job because our job requires us to be very, very busy during the holidays. Um, so, But I'm still on there at least five days a week. Uh, Back to the Arcade Gaming on Twitch. You can also... I have a couple Facebook uh, pages as well for that. You could find us on Facebook and uh, yeah, come and hang out. You know, we have a good time. We have a good community over there and it's a way to um, hang out with the old Jair Bear if you want to. <laughs> so anything else you want to add before we close? Uh, yeah, there was actually two more things. One, 
Um, if you guys are into watching people do live art, uh, December 18th at Mad Tree, if you're local to Cincinnati, uh, Mad Tree Brewery, myself and the six bomb boards crew who I roll with and we, we do live draw events around town at like bars, breweries and so on. Um, Mad Tree is having a sweater party, like an ugly sweater party event and we will be set up there drawing, uh, live in front of people so if you guys like to see that you can come out the artwork we make is for sale so you can buy them at the end of the night and uh it's always a fun time hanging on breweries um Mattry's awesome by the way too if you're in the cincinnati yeah, area and oh, haven't yeah. been to Mattry, go to Mattry. and plus you yeah, get me james so go meet james for sure yeah it's it's one of my favorite breweries in cincinnati um and then the last thing i wanted to end on is uh because I, I forgot to say it last week. <laughs> uh, but our, our music is made by our good friend Daniel Frazier. And uh, you can find him um, at KO on Spotify. Uh, it's it's K-V-Y-O. And uh, yeah, he, ma- he makes all kinds of like lo-fi beats. He's got a couple albums on there. So if you like our intro, go check him out. Daniel Fraser. I dig our intro. Daniel, if you're listening, my friend, you did a killer job. I love our intro. Um, yeah, that's it guys. We'll be back next week with another holiday classic up in your ear holes. Until then, everybody peace out. Boy Scout.